0: Good morning, and welcome to the Red Net Show, where it's always morning, even in the afternoon. I am your host, Jay Edgar, and I'm joined on the other side of the screen, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Elaine. Elaine, how are we doing today?
1: Pretty good. It's been a day.
0: Say, I just want to point something out here that I possibly might want to run over and uh, throw the link out to the new show here, because, as from what I'm seeing here, the original one didn't pop up, which is probably going to be a problem that we're going to need to address. It did that to me last week, too, so... You just refresh my youtube channel you'll probably be able to find it here but yeah we got to get the link out here and get the word out off that so i gotta i'll let you work with that one here but uh, we got a bunch of stuff to get to as well so well first off how was your week
1: it was good it was very busy
0: yeah a lot of stuff going on there i know that uh, you had a little bit of issue going on last week so
1: yeah, um, I've just had a hard time the last couple of weeks. I, my son switched to doing a hybrid schedule with school, so now I've lost like two days of work time that I normally have during the week. So it really jams up, my, jams up a couple of other days, which I'm just still adjusting to.
0: Got a couple things to talk about before we get into the news here today, too. Definitely going on with that here. Uh, first off, uh, announcements uh, coming up here from this channel. We uh, Well, I am. You'll probably be participating at some point here, but I've laid a date and it's time for the Freedom Scoop Media Group to do a new charity stream coming up here. And I have landed the date on April 17th. I am going to go for 24 hours for charity. I'm uh, pretty excited for that. I'm uh, pretty pumped to see what's happened there. I'm going to be doing a charity for suicide prevention. I have not decided on the charity yet. The American Society for uh, Suicide Prevention is, I'm sorry, not the Society, the Foundation for Suicide Prevention is uh, kind of sketchy from, I've dealt with them in the past, so I'm not going to go with them, but I'm going to find another one here, and that's what I'm going to focus on here. I'm probably Drop gonna-
1: comments, drop comments if you have any suggestions on the YouTube um, for other charities that we can support.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that here. Probably do some video gaming in the wee hours of the morning, but I got some uh, other interviews lined up, some other segments. I'm going to reach, too. I'm going to see if I can get uh, sticks on. I'm going to probably reach out to Matt Christensen. I know that uh, he lost his brother to to suicide at some point, so I think he'll have Mm -hmm. a little bit of a story to tell. I think he'll want to participate in this. But, uh, yep, the 17th is going to be the day, midnight to midnight. And I'm going to be wrecked come uh, Sunday morning. (laughs) I can tell you that there. So... Watch for uh, details and updates on that. Definitely looking forward to that here. You got yourself into a little bit of a drama yesterday.
1: What? Did not.
0: Okay. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about this uh, Cassandra Fairbanks feud that ended with... uh,
1: There's no feud!
0: That ended with this little picture uh, talking about uh, Walmart-level Josie.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i see the original tweet got deleted so she must well have... her
1: her account is suspended so i don't think any of her prior to tu- i don't think you can get to any of her other tweets now oh
0: that i didn't you know. mean
1: cassandra's
0: i didn't know that i didn't see that i just uh noted that uh, this was out here and i don't really even know who cassandra fairbanks is i've heard the name before but uh
1: so from what i gather she was apparently formerly a really hardcore bernie supporter and then flip to Trump. I don't know how you make that jump ideologically. But I thought it was very interesting that someone has that has gone from one extreme to another wanted to criticize my principles mm-hmm. when clearly they, you know, grift towards whatever is going to get them the largest audience, which apparently has worked for her. So, you know, congrats on that, I guess. But uh, I don't really think it gives her any room to talk about me. So Well, I mean, to
0: be fair, they're both really, really populistic movements, so I could definitely see where she could possibly get to that i could i could see where she could get to that just it's economic populism versus give me free stuff populism
1: so yeah i mean they're just to me they're just so far apart and maybe that's because i'm a libertarian but those two things just don't like relate like how do you connect those the dots between those two things i don't know um but whatever
0: Well, um, and that's I mean, from just reading back to everything, it looks like you called her out on the fact that they needed libertarians to win, which honestly they do. And I know you and I... I mean,
1: had... Trump even said they needed them to. Like, towards the end, he was trying to pander to libertarians and, like, trying to get Rand Paul to pander to libertarians, <laughs> and he was doing it. So it's like, clearly he realized he was on the ropes and he might have needed those extra two million votes, and then it didn't happen. And, well, he lost the election, so... You kind of do. I mean, you can't tell me that there's not a divide between um, the establishment GOP and the populist base that loves Trump. Like, if you want to win a federal level election, you have to be willing to pander to people that you don't normally pander to because your base is exiting stage left very quickly.
0: I didn't lose the election. Okay. I won by the greatest margin ever. Sleepy Joe.
2: Okay.
1: But what I thought was very interesting about the comments that were flooding in my mentions last night was that um, I kind of, I insinuated that advocating a closed border policy for some of the reasons that a lot of populists advocate it for is very xenophobic. And a lot of people jumped into my mentions to tell me about how I just wanted the country to be taken over by foreigners, clearly. And I want people to steal other people's jobs. And actually one person even said almost verbatim, how long would you survive in Central America without a white man? And I'm like, have you looked up the definition of xenophobia? Because it's literally fear of foreigners and all of you are listing reasons that you are scared of foreigners. And then in the same breath, telling me that it's not xenophobia. So, okay.
0: It's not xenophobic, okay? I'm telling my Twitter followers. Mental gymnastics
1: were impressive. (laughs) Let's just say that.
0: Well, we've got some other mental gymnastics to get to and a lot of other stuff to get to today as well here. Speaking of
1: mental gymnastics, we're going to talk about Milo today.
0: We are. I'm actually looking very, very forward to that. So, I put that on there, and the, uh, the royal family too, okay. so we'll be talking a bit about that. But we uh, the stimulus is here, and people are starting to get their stimuli, and other people are waiting on their big banks. So we'll talk a bit about what happened with stimulus, how we got here, and you know some of the other fun stuff that went along with this. The border crisis is in full swing at this point here. Now we're seeing some uh, facilities that are at 729% capacity, but don't worry. They're not kids in cages, so we'll talk a bit about what's happening there, what Texas is planning on doing on this, and a little bit of a, let's say, spice that came from Psaki during one of her press conferences.
1: Finally, she's showing a little bit of a backbone or, like, No, she's not showing a little
0: bit of backbone. Oh, okay. She's just getting pissed. Um, in other news, the Derek Chauvin trial has kicked off this past week. They're still sitting in jury selection mode, so we'll talk a bit about what happened there throughout the week, what this could possibly mean coming forward, and the fact that another autonomous zone has popped up, this time down in Minneapolis. As mentioned, we'll be talking about the Meghan Markle interview, some of the things that came out of the end of that, and what this means for the country. And Milo, of course, is coming out, and he is apparently not gay anymore. He's prayed the gay away. I don't know quite how that works here, but uh, we'll talk about whether or not this is real, whether this is a troll, or what this means. Um... Cuomo had another accuser come forward, Whitmer is getting uh, called for subpoena, and Newsom is on the recall bench again, so we'll talk a bit about that, and a little little bit of stuff come back from the 2016 and 2020 election, some news is kicking back, it looks like we're actually getting some new laws on elections and some investigations into the most freest and fairest election in history, honk honk, wink wink this past uh, year in 2020. Plus, I got a little bit of surprise stupidity for you because, you know, we can't go without that anymore. So thanks, everybody who checked us out live over on YouTube, DLive, Twitch, Periscope, and Facebook. You're over on my Facebook page, hopefully, checking that out there. And if you're not, you can head on over there, check that out. All the links are in the description below, so you can check that. Or if you can't catch us live, you can catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on bitshoot.com. Or if you'd rather take us on the go, we're on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go over there and check us out. You can pick us up on Double Speed. I always do that. Listen back to the show. Listen for audio issues. But you can listen, get that download in there, get those numbers up, and we'll see what happens there.
1: Also, speaking of links.
0: I do need to clean up my links, by the way.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> we are. You guys are going to notice that there are a lot less people in the chat than there have been the last several weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, because Facebook... I think I told you guys Facebook had suspended my going live privileges on my page. And since I have 40,000 followers, that is where the bulk of for a while our commenters and, 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 you know, people that were interacting in the chat were. And I went to check it today because I was like, I think it's about halfway done, but I want to make sure, like, I think it's coming up soon because I was thinking about maybe doing a special um, welcome back live stream, just do an AMA or something. They doubled it. It went from 30 days to 60 days. So now I can't go live on my Facebook page until May. Hmm. That's super fun.
0: (laughs) Do you know anything that popped that back on there or what happened with that? You're not the only person Um, I I heard that I
1: had two violations. The most recent was from 2018. (laughs) And they dinged me for that. Um, at the end of February, and I remember getting that notification, and that's when they got me for the thirty days. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to check account restriction today, it showed me another one from February seventeenth that they had dinged me for, but that one was really old as well. So I don't know. Yeah,
0: like I said, I think uh, I think that's just they're going after liberty people. They they got McKenzie a couple weeks. Oh, ago. did they? Yeah, Twitter did. She's, perma- yeah. that's not even a suspension. She's permanently done.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing that cracks me up is that it says you can't go live for 43 more days. And then it says multiple posts from the last year. Did not follow our standards?
3: Hmm.
1: And then it says added new photo, October 22nd, 2018. If you can see it, it's a bunch of very small people wearing a certain kind of <laughs> uniform from Germany. And it just says when you're only a little racist. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully we'll be getting some more people back in.
1: For being anti-fascist, a lot of the platforms are like.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we're already having some of the internet issues coming on here.
1: Kicking off everything that is also (laughs) anti-fascist. I can hear you. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you back now. We might have to go back and see if we can find another platform because Zoom is getting a. A little bit uh, iffy here on the internet connection. And John was having just as bad of a time last week as well. So we will uh, keep up with that as we go along here. But we got to talk a little All bit right. of news here, some stuff to catch up on. Uh, starting with Joe Biden decided this week to come out and tell us that we could possibly be free on Independence Day. Reading from Business Insider here. Biden well, says, I
1: have news for Joe Biden. I was not planning on asking for permission.
0: (laughs) Uh, Reading from Business Insider, Biden says July 4th could become Independence Day from the coronavirus in the U.S. So, yeah, it's, you know, if if you just hunker down a little bit more than with the vaccine and everything else, we could be free and open by July 4th, and you could have a small gathering with your family. Aren't you excited?
1: You know what's weird to me is seeing my posts from last year come up on my time hop on Facebook, like, Mm-hmm. talking about how, oh, I'm going to have to do this for two weeks you know, at home and homeschool and that kind of stuff. We had no idea what was coming.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't go that far. I think some of us had some idea because once the government uh, takes power, they don't give it back very, very easily.
1: I mean, I could see like I had suspicions that like the mask mandate wasn't going to go any, away anytime soon and that the occupancy restrictions weren't going to go away anytime soon. I didn't think that there would still be people waiting for their schools to open back up. My brother's kids in Virginia haven't gone back to school yet this year. <laughs> like they've been at home the whole time. That's... Or maybe they went back this semester, but yeah, they had to wait that long.
0: Well, it's, uh, what's nice about this is, you know, my nieces and nephew live in rural America and they haven't, they've been in school every day. Like, they've never had to hybridize anything. They just go to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's got to be somewhat of a city thing here. But yeah, you might be free. Um, in con- uh, congressional news this week, uh, Nancy Pelosi has reappointed Eric Swalwell to the Intel Committee, despite the Honey Pot scandal. So he is on now two foreign committees at this point. Uh, Kevin McCarthy did come out and try to block this. He's trying to get a vote organized to have Swalwell removed from his post. But, you know, with Nancy Pelosi, everybody's in kind of lockstep, and I don't see that going anywhere. But I saw one of the weirdest takes from this story this week here. Grant Stern tweeted this out this week. I guess Republicans want to cancel Rep Swalwell for cooperating with the FBI to neutralize a spy, something they've never, ever done.
1: (laughs) that's hilarious spin cycle right yeah rinse and repeat
0: yeah no it, it wasn't that he was uh, simping for a chinese spy and being spied on no he was actually helping this, this reminds me of uh you remember the middle of back to the future part two no. when flea from uh the red hot chili peppers was on uh on the screen trying to convince marty mcfly to do whatever the illegal thing was they were doing and then the. this boss... might be
1: a first on this show but i don't think i've seen that movie <laughs>
0: really and
1: I it's one of the movies. it's one of the eight movies
0: that you have seen you love 80s movies yeah no uh
1: i've seen the first one okay needles but tries, not the second
0: one needles tries to convince marty to do something illegal and he does it because he gets called a chicken and then uh the boss catches him and he says no no it was a sting i promised no i was trying to get him caught in something <laughs> that, that's what this reeks of right here that's funny so that's uh that's what we see from that and i don't know do you Do you think McCarthy is going to get anywhere on this?
1: Probably not.
0: Pretty sure the Democrats are just going to vote in lockstep to go along with them?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: All right. I got one here that I actually got from you, but we're going to watch the video here because Thomas Massey had a very, very interesting take because we're all talking about gun control at this point. Let me get that loaded up and we'll get that up on the screen. Come on, think faster. Maybe we won't get it loaded up and up on the screen.
1: Hmm. Yeah, my phone internet's really slow, too. I was going to repost the link on my Facebook page to remind everybody to go to YouTube to watch the show. All
0: right, there it's loaded. Let's let's have a listen to what uh, Mr. Massey had to say. Come on. There it goes. Maybe we won't.
1: Hmm. He was on point as usual.
2: How many of those 112,000 were prosecuted for that crime of trying to acquire that gun? According to the DOJ, 12. One, two, 12 in a year. Who were the other 100,000? Imagine, just imagine now that you're the victim of an abusive relationship, and after five years, you've summoned the courage and the resources to separate from that relationship. The things have escalated, and now you've decided it's time to acquire the means to protect you and your children. So you go to the gun store and you try to buy a gun. The clerk presses the computer button. It says, denied. You ask the clerk, why was it denied? I don't know. This happens sometimes. Maybe you had a similar name to somebody else in the database. You can't buy a gun today, tomorrow, next week, not ever. You've been denied. So you go to a friend, a friend you've known for a long time. Your friend says, I'd like to help you. You say, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the night. The friend says, I'd like to help you. But don't you know, H.R. 8 passed, and it was signed by the president. I can't spend a year in a cage. Good luck tonight. Now, I'm not going to.
0: And, I mean, there are others. I had a little bit of criticism with that this morning just based on the fact that, I mean, the friend would have... If if I went to somebody and said, I don't think I'm going to make it through the night, I would have been riding my friend's couch that night. I know that. But the point still stands on that, that, yes, that's... Uh, I mean, you should be able to go out and defend yourself. And that actually... The thing with the gun actually happened to my one of my high school uh, history teachers.
1: Mm, really?
0: Because he... um he had the same first last name and middle initial as somebody who was on the list but the person who was on the list that had been denied for the gun it was his middle name was just the initial it was just p whereas my history teacher's middle name was i guess i think he said philip i don't know something that would start with a p but yeah otherwise mm-hmm. first, same first and last name and he got dinged for it so i i do understand that that happens especially with similarity going on that but mm-hmm. Furthermore, on point with that, it's, I don't agree with any of this HR8 stuff, and I'm sure that you don't either, otherwise you wouldn't have put the video up.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, why would you do that? The only reason to have a registry is so that you can take people's weapons away. Otherwise, you don't need it.
0: Well, all the ardent Democrats will come out and say, it's not a registry.
1: It is. You are giving the government your information. They are storing it in a database. It is a registry
0: of who period. has what uh, what weapon and what the serial number is on that to where it is, how, who's keeping it, etc. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a registry. They're, they're yes, just... it is. I'm, I'm quoting what they're trying to say. I, I'm agreeing with you on that, but I'm quoting what they are.
1: Yes. But I a lot of the reaction from the left was, oh, that's not a realistic situation. Yes, it is. (laughs) It is very realistic Yeah, and not just with abusive relationships with a, with a partner, it could be an abusive relationship with a parent, with another family member. Like it's not, it's not just restricted to romantic relationships here. We're talking about any abusive relationship. Maybe you have a crazy neighbor, you know, like maybe that's the relationship, you know, the, the association, it's not really a relationship, I guess, but you never know. No I and didn't. almost and almost all violent crime, almost all homicides are committed um, by people that you know. Like if you are going to if you are going to be a victim of a homicide, I think it's like over ninety percent of the time it's someone that you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a family member or a friend, period, or somebody that you work with. Absolutely.
0: All right, I got a couple here of a little bit of I told you sos going to the other side coming up here maybe we can one take my a victory favorite lap. maybe we can take a victory lap on these ones here number 1 from the <laughs> hill Biden planning first major tax hike in almost 30 years uh, apparently he's he's going to make true on his promise and nobody who is making more than $400,000 is going to get hit but uh let's see at this point and this is to pay for the 1.9 trillion dollar pandemic stimulus package the planned increase reportedly in, uh includes Raising the corporate tax from 21% to 28%, which is going to kill a whole bunch of jobs. Increasing the income tax rate on people making more than $400,000. Expanding the estate tax, paring back tax preferences on pass-through business, such as limited liability companies, making it hard to start up your small business. And setting up a higher capital gains tax rate for individuals making at least a million dollars. And if you think that that's not going to hit anybody that's making less than four hundred thousand dollars, you have no idea how economics work. Hmm. Because even if it does, even if it does not, it, like they don't directly tax them. What do you think is going to happen to your cost of goods when the business leaders it's have- go up? Exactly.
1: It's always going to go up. If the cost of production goes up, the cost of the goods goes up. People are like, can you are are people that dumb really?
0: So yeah. That's what
1: happens. Yeah. That's what happens when you implement a minimum wage, a higher minimum wage, too. The cost of the goods goes up or everything gets automated and you cost people jobs.
0: Well, speaking of that uh, aspect of this, from the blaze, new research finds hiking minimum wage leads to higher prices of consumer goods.
1: Shocking!
0: You know, like we have been saying since they started saying the fight for 15 in 2017. <laughs> Uh, the Blaze writes, new research studying the impact of government-mandated minimum wage hikes found exactly what critics of such policies predict. The cost is pushed onto consumers. Uh, let's see, uh, Princeton ec- uh, economist Orly C. Ashenfelter and Czech economist Stefan uh, Jurajda found through studying price and wage data from nearly every other McDonald's restaurant in the U.S., businesses themselves do not cover the cost of increased wages. You know, just like we've been saying from the beginning. So that's uh, Brad Palumbo weighed in on this, too. I love Brad. At the Foundation for Economic Education. Yeah, exactly. Noted, having more money in one's pocket is not necessarily the most important. Rather, only increasing the purchasing power of one's money increases one's standard of living.
1: He is not wrong. That is absolutely true.
0: So a little bit of a victory lap for that one. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you see that Dr. Fauci wants Trump's help to get more people to take the vaccine? I love that. Over the weekend, Fauci appeared on... Where the hell did he appear?
1: Is it Fauci or Fauci, or what is it? How do you say his name?
0: I just say Fauci, but...
1: Okay. we said Fauci a minute ago.
0: Maybe I did. It's interchangeable. Nobody really knows. Nobody really knows what he does either, but he was on with Chris Wallace. (laughs) He's an expert. (laughs) He was on with Chris Wallace this weekend saying, now... Donald Trump, if you would come out and tell people to take the vaccine, your religious followers will go out and take the vaccine, and we need more people to take the vaccine, which, I mean, he's not wrong on that. I I can't imagine a world where he's wrong. If Don comes out and tells the MAGA people to go take the vaccine, they're going to be lining up for the fucking thing. But, yeah, it's, it's getting sad at this point. It's getting obvious that they're trying to push this through and force as many people to take it as they can. I don't know. What do you think of this?
1: I don't know. I I think eventually it's going to turn into just like, oh, get your flu shot kind of thing. Like, oh, get your COVID shot. Same time you get your flu shot. And it's going to be optional because people are eventually going to have to stop panicking.
0: Have, have you seen society? People never stop panicking.
1: Well, I mean, I think as more more and more research comes out, There's more and more data backing up that the Florida model was actually just as successful, if not more successful than states like New York that locked everything down. And it really has more to do with, do you live in a city? Do you interact with a ton of people every day? Or do you live in a smaller city or in a small town where you don't interact with that many people every day on a daily basis? Your kids aren't in school with... You know classes of 30 kids you know they're in class with 18 kids instead um it's really just going to come down to that and also we've already seen studies come out that say that uh the fall wave of covid which is what i got i got covid at the end of uh december was a lot less fatal than the spring version of covid the initial wave of covid and i think that that's going to continue to be a trend i think this spring if there's another wave of covid it will probably be weaker than the fall wave. And I think eventually it's going to get downgraded to the point where it's just like having the flu and people eventually stop panicking.
0: All right, we gotta keep going here. So uh, Governor Ricketts has an interesting idea about marijuana and what that does to people. Let's have a listen. Maybe.
2: So this is a dangerous drug that will impact our kids. If you legalize marijuana, you're gonna kill your kids. That's what the data shows from around the country. No, it and doesn't. that's why it's dangerous to go around the established process we have to determine whether or not drugs are safe and effective, and why legalizing marijuana and going around the regulatory process to keep people safe is dangerous and going to harm our kids.
0: We're going to kill our kids if we legalize marijuana.
1: I am so tired of voters voting for idiots like that.
0: <laughs> oh. Do tell.
1: How do you vote <laughs> for someone who thinks that way? Honestly. The highest the highest growth in users that cannabis has seen since it's become legalized in the states where it's been legalized are boomers.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fairly really true. But you know, that's been that I mean that's been what they've been trying to push on people since the Satanic Panic and probably before. If you do X, then children will die. If you do Y, then children will get sick or get hurt. That's how they but try... But the
1: children! But the children! We have to save the children! <laughs> oh, now they're saying the same thing. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs>
0: uh, a little bit of Brianna Taylor news, because that anniversary came up here, and I saw a lot of people still trying to pull the tired line that she was uh, asleep in bed. And I I still don't think that it should have happened, no matter where she was, because no-knock warrants are bad, and nobody should be arrested for whatever they want to put in their body if it's victimless.
3: Mm-hmm. But
0: we're still sitting in this point where people believe the lie because they want to go after the police and not the politicians that made all the stuff illegal. And this led to... Ten arrested and three officers injured in a protest in Los Angeles this week, and among other protests along the West Coast, and I believe there was some in Chicago as well. Uh, one of the tweets that came out appeared to show a microwave oven being thrown at officers.
1: Okay, the microphones are deadly.
0: Microwave, not microphone.
1: Oh, microwave.
0: <laughs> microwave oven. The
1: microwave could be deadly, actually. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, there were fires, um, they were burning stuff up, they were throwing stuff at cops. And,
1: But was it a mostly peaceful
0: protest? I'm pretty sure it was mostly peaceful at this point. You did not wow. see a lot of the mainstreamers covering this here. They're coming trying day. to keep this one on. Joe out.
1: Biden is president! We're not covering riots anymore! That's not how this works! Exactly.
0: They're trying to keep all this stuff out under wraps right now. I don't think they're going to be able to, and we'll talk a bit more about this when it comes to the Minneapolis uh, autonomous zone coming up later on in the show. But, yeah, they're just trying to hold this under wraps and make sure that nobody talks about any of this all right i
1: wonder why
0: did you see this one out of uh nevada that i have on the itinerary here where um a dsa member got elected and like all the board members in nevada's democratic party went from the or came from the dsa and then everybody quit
1: no i didn't see that
0: so uh the entire staff of the nevada democratic party quits after democratic socialist slate won every seat So it looks like Judith Whitmer, who is a staunch Bernie supporter, became the chair. And then like everybody under her is also from the DSA at this point. And all the clerks, all the um, secretaries, all everybody else in the uh, Democrat Party for uh, for Nevada just up and say, fuck it, we're done. We're out of here.
1: See, and this is what I'm talking about. And I mentioned this last night in that thread with Cassandra was people were like, you know, saying, you know, insinuating that I wasn't. Talking about the divide that exists on the left, and I'm like, I've written an article that perfectly that explains that there's a rift on both sides right now, and the only question is which party is going to fall apart first. That's it.
0: I have a lot of other questions, but yeah, that is one of the only questions that I think is going. I mean, to
1: come that's up like that. the major. That's the major question for people that are paying attention to political landscape at the federal level is which one of the major parties is going to fall apart first, and then which party. That comes after that or which new iteration of the same party is going to fill the vacuum
0: well I we'll st- sit back here and see because yeah there's a lot of fraction uh, fracturing in both of the parties here looking at back at this but I think the mega movement is stronger than what little bit of fucking neocon bullshit is left as far as neolib goes I think that that's pretty well evenly split and it's you know grab your popcorn and watch so we'll see what happens there. I thought this one was interesting here from not the bee. People are starting to use lefties nonsensical language against them and it's absolutely beautiful. Meet <laughs> hashtag superstraight and hashtag blue anon.
1: Blue anon?
0: Blue anon, yes.
1: Like B-L-E-W or Blue the Color? Blue the colour. Oh lord.
0: So super straight is You're straight and you don't want to go out with somebody who's transgendered because you only want to go out with somebody who was born a woman that is acting like a woman. Okay. Blue Anon was the interesting one because it seems like they're taking the QAnon uh, momentum and going the other direction with it. And I could actually see the Blue Anon thing, which is probably going to get a shutdown on YouTube because, uh, yeah, there's that. But uh, the Blue Anon thing is basically... People who believe in a massive conspiracy theory that a cabal of Nazis is waiting in the wings to take over the government and push us into a Nazi state, you know, kind of like the Q people thought about the satanic pedophiles.
1: I'm in an evil cabal.
0: <laughs> uh, Blue Anon was on Urban Dictionary briefly, and Urban Dictionary took it down because they didn't want people talking about That's it. hilarious.
1: All right, so if you don't want to get banned this week, don't use those <laughs> hashtags.
0: <laughs> and whatever you do, don't say it on YouTube either. Um, did you? Oh, s- good
1: thing we're already demonetized.
0: <laughs> uh, did you see this uh, video that came from uh, Sarah Silverman this week?
1: Yes, I saw. I saw it, but I didn't watch it.
0: I I watched it, and I actually kind of felt it when I saw it because I'm I'm very politically homeless. I can say that because I'm—I am too far conservative to be a libertarian. I can say that right off the bat.
1: Are you sure?
0: I am too far left to be a conservative. The progressives have lost their fucking minds, and the Greens never had one to begin with. <laughs> but let's—the
1: Greens—the to- Greens are progressives that never had a brain. Yeah.
0: Let's listen to what Sarah had to say here.
4: It's the absolutist ness of the party I am in that is such a turnoff to me. It's so fucking elitist, (laughs) you know, for something called progressive, it allows for zero progress. It's all or nothing, no steps toward all or fucking nothing. Again, righteousness porn. And I've been thinking about this a lot just in general I just, I don't know that I want to be associated with any party. I really, I think I don't want to be associated with any party anymore. It just, it comes with too much baggage. Every party, it comes with so much fucking baggage that no ideas can be taken at face value and without ideas, what are we? Without a common truth, how can we talk about it? You know, Republicans might hear an idea that they would totally agree with, but if it comes from AOC, then they hate it. And of course, you know, to be honest, when I hear an idea that comes from a Republican, it's suspect to me. We all, put, we all put too much shit on this stuff. We no longer are able to be a nation of ideas.
0: All right. It looks like you were nodding along with that, so you may have had some agreement yeah. with some of that.
1: Well, one, you when you belong to the Democratic Party and you are a progressive... I mean, like, the word progressive <laughs> is such an oxymoron to me because... People that Democrats hold up as great progressives or good progressives are people like Woodrow Wilson, who you know that I hate, (laughs) like with a burning, fiery passion. And and it's because he stands against everything that progressives claim to be for. FDR was the same way. They love the New Deal, but they don't want to talk about Japanese internment camps they love Woodrow Wilson, but they don't want to talk about the fact that he was deeply racist and that he enacted deeply racist policies in his government,
3: Mm -hmm. but
1: they still want to hold him up as this progressive hero. And it's just, it's ridiculous to me. Like I put it in the chat, like progressives are actually regressionists. They always have been. Yeah. I
0: don't know. It's like that I showed you that video of, uh, um, Every Dave, uh, Rubin, uh every Rubin report episode ever. I showed mm-hmm. you that one. The left is no longer progressive. The regressive left, regressive, regressive. But uh, I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. He's not
1: wrong at all. But so, yeah, I do, I do agree with her. I mean, I hear some of those arguments from people that are considering the Libertarian Party. Like, well, the Libertarian Party comes with a lot of baggage. It does. We have a PR problem. We have a messaging issue. Like we get it. I hear those I hear those objections to well, I'm a libertarian, but I don't want to join the Libertarian Party all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely not only, you know, isolated to duopoly parties. It's all parties. And I don't know I don't know what a system of government looks like without political parties. That's what I want to that's what i want to look into and research more is how does a government function when everything is not labeled by party you don't have caucuses or you only have you know you have a government built on issue based coalitions rather than ideological coalitions like well you're a democrat so you have to vote with me
3: yeah
1: or you're a republican you have to vote with me on this bill it's, no, you like fiscal policy that is X, Y, Z, and you guys like fiscal policy that is, you know, something else. Well, and so we vote along those lines rather than party lines.
0: Well, that's that's what happens with that, though, because you start to make alliances for power and then bada boom. We were, we were supposed to not be a country of political parties, but, you know, people started to make alliances with people to go out and make it into a duopoly and bada boom, bada bing. You're, you've. Witness the birth of political parties.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: People are tribal, and they're going to get that way. Just They're going to ally with people they might not agree with to try and get their way. We saw it with the Democrat Party this year. We absolutely did.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what they did. They knew that if they didn't get the progressive vote, they would not win the election, mm-hmm. period. And so they promised things that they had no intention of following through on. $15 minimum wage, uh, student loan forgiveness, what were some of the other ones? Um I can't remember if they promised, like, legalizing marijuana, like, federally or taking it off Schedule 1 or whatever. But, you know, when Kamala Harris is your running mate, like, you know that that's obviously not going to happen.
0: Yeah. All right. I got just a couple more to get through here, and then we'll get into the big news of the week here. Uh, The New York Times interviewed Josh Hawley's middle school principal, high school prom date, for a recent hit piece. (laughs) By the way, both of them were very disappointed in his politics.
1: (laughs) I figured they'd just be disappointed that he was still existing.
0: Yeah, no, it, uh, I guess they also went after somebody that he knew from middle school, a black girl that he pulled the hair of. But yeah, they're they're digging to try and find stuff on this guy. As deep I got as my I hair
1: pulled in middle school too. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's inherently racist, at least not always. But yes. The I'm York guessing York, that that was the insinuation, was that he's racist because he pulled her hair.
0: I think so. Oh yeah, they they were going back farther. And I I did the math on this because he's 41, which means he's four to five years older than I am, depending on when his birthday lands, because I'll be 37 coming up here next month. So he's 41 years old, which means that he started middle school in 1989 or 1990. So 30 years, they had to go back to go try to find some more dirt on this guy.
1: I mean, it's politics. Like, if you look back far enough, there's dirt on literally everyone. Oh, yeah. No one has their, no one has, like, no skeletons in their closet.
0: No, no, that they don't. Everybody's done something off of this point here. Uh, did you see this one that Brian Nichols put out this week? He retweeted this. Somebody else actually tweeted it, but the screenshot that he put out showing all these newspapers that have almost identical headlines mm-hmm. on here.
1: Yes. And that's not surprising because. Almost all major media outlets are owned by, like, three companies.
0: Yeah. Well, yes, and I noted, too, that all the headlines that are up on here, you know, mass shooting surge in Wisconsin, mass shooting surge in Florida, mass shooting surge in Tennessee, from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the Tallahassee Democrat, and the Tennessean, all three of which are owned by the USA Today. I know because they run the same ad blocker program that uh, prevents me from reading them unless I archive them. If I have my ad blocker on, <laughs> and their titles all look the same too—black and blue letters back and forth—and I read mm-hmm. into a couple of the articles, and they just—it swapped out a city and said, "Okay, well, we're seeing surges in violence in this city, and what are we going to do about it?" And look at yeah, what happened. Yeah, there's
1: in Milwaukee. that. There's that video that floats around the internet, comes up every once in a while. That's um, basically the same thing, but it's like local newscasters that are all repeating the same, like top top lines for the day that are like national news level and again like that's not surprising either i mean most of them are owned by like cumulus media and you know large media companies um so yeah they put they put out something like that and the 100 stations have to carry it
0: yeah but i think that they're gonna try and push an anti-gun sentiment too at this point try to get everybody afraid as far as they can all right. Uh, the most bizarre story I saw this week. The this was almost surprise stupidity this week, but I found one that's even worse off of this. But this is just absolutely bizarre. And a little bit of this goes. Now you've been blocked by Austin Peterson, so you don't get <laughs> yes. to see.
1: And I have no idea why. Still, you no get, clue
0: why. You don't get to see the trolling that he's been doing. He's been going on a fucking trolling spree this week, and he's baiting people into this. Well, Tim Pool has been doing the same thing. And I found this article from the Daily Beast, and I read the headline, and I, I can't believe that this is actually happening. But sure enough, from the Daily Beast, YouTube star Tim Pool's news site collapses amid allegations he took a cat hostage.
1: <laughs> I saw that.
0: Apparently, he captured a cat named Betsy and held it for ransom to use as leverage to try and grow his company. What?
1: That's wild.
0: Uh, he was work. Uh, he was trying to work out a deal with uh, Emily Molly, a former uh, business partner and the owner of Betsy. And yes, he I guess he kidnapped the cat and held it for ransom. Of wow. course, the article also had to go on and point out the fact that Tim Pool now lives in a one point one million dollar mansion in Maryland.
1: Who wants to live in Maryland?
0: Apparently, Tim Pool.
1: That's weird.
0: I don't know. He's got a million dollar mansion in the Maryland woods, complete with a podcast studio and skate park. Donald Trump invited him to the White House. So a lot of this was a lot of things to go out and smear Tim Pool, but uh, yeah, apparently he, now he's denying this and a lot of the other fact checks are coming out and saying that this didn't actually happen, but this actually made it past editing and went out.
1: Yeah, the the clarification that I saw was something like she didn't feel comfortable going over there and picking up the cat, and so she wanted to know how to do it, and so I guess she contacted the authorities and they were basically like we'll call him so they called him and said hey can you just take the cat to the local humane society and let us know after you've dropped it off and we'll just let her know to go pick it up there and i guess that's what happened like he took the cat there and was like okay it's here like she can pick it up and she went and picked it up so i don't i don't know
0: i don't either all right this is one that you insisted that i put into this here Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America. Former, (laughs) former president. I hope everyone remembers that they're getting the COVID-19, often referred to as the China virus vaccine, that if I wasn't president, you wouldn't be getting that beautiful shot for five years at best, and probably wouldn't be getting it at all. I hope everyone remembers. That's the statement. That's the statement that came from the office of the former president.
1: I really just miss you reading in his voice because now we don't have his tweets to read. (laughs) And you used to have, there used to be one at least every week, but now just like the language of it, the way that he wrote it, everything. I was just like, wow. He's literally using his email list from his campaign as his Twitter now. Like he's just sending out these really short, random statements about things like that to that email list because he doesn't have Twitter. So it's basically like a direct newsletter to Donald Trump's tweets. Like he would have tweeted that, no doubt, if he had Twitter.
0: Probably. And yeah, we probably would have seen it as well and probably would have been talking about it. I mean, the (laughs) news media would have been talking about it because then they wouldn't have to talk about how terrible Biden is. But yeah, definitely. All right, I got one more here. Then we got to get into the stimulus stuff here. Last one here because it wouldn't be a lightning round if we didn't talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Greene calls Italian American House Democrat Representative Mussolini. What? Uh, the, Marjorie Taylor Greene called David Cicilline Representative Mussolini.
1: Okay.
0: You don't seem that impressed by that.
1: No. I'm not. I I thought you would have laughed a little bit. Because that is giving her R too much credit.
0: Yeah. I I thought you would have laughed a little bit harder on that one there. And Cicely had...
1: Mostly I'm just confused. (laughs) That is like my current state with politics now. I'm just like, I don't find this very funny anymore. I'm just mostly confused how people got to those conclusions. Well, the, uh,
0: the exchange apparently came because Cicely introduced a resolution to prevent anybody... Who wasn't on any committees at all, from introducing uh, motions to deny a bill or do a dismissal. Uh, let's see. Yeah. She oh, had post- I mean
1: that's that's she- because of how MGT acted during the hearings.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she had. Uh, she did the adjourn. Uh, Force. She made the motion to adjourn for I believe it was HR one. And Cicelyne came out and said, "Okay, well, we need a motion to make sure that somebody who's not on any committees can't do anything. And when she was literally
1: that's a direct attack against MGT.
0: Yeah. And when she was on Newsweek, she was asked about this and she said, do you mean Representative Mussolini? Oh, my God. And he was kind of pissed because apparently he's Jewish and Italian. So,
1: oh, that's bad. That's real bad
0: yeah so that's uh that's going on in the house and uh.
1: so I have a qu- so I kind of want to know this like what are your thoughts on if you were a constituent of a congressperson and they were removed from all committees like regardless of what the reasons were mm-hmm. even if you agreed that they should be removed from the committees, what is the point of them still holding that office if they can't serve on any committees so they can't really like they can't do part of their job like that's literally part of their job as a congressperson so if they can't do that then they can't be effective in that job what is the like wouldn't you want them removed so that you could vote someone in that could perform all of the job duties
0: well and the fact of the matter is that this is happening in the beginning of her tenure like this isn't coming down to the towards the end of a for right. sitting in Congress, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens to her coming up in the twenty twenty two election.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm definitely interested to see what happens there and whether or not she survives with that or not. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if she's not on committee if she will be able to get reelected at this point. I I wouldn't vote for. Her. Right. I uh,
1: yeah wouldn't. that that's just a big question that I've had since that happened. It's like well. Now you can't, you can't go to, I mean, you can go to committee meetings, but you're just going to be sit, sitting there listening. So it's almost like you're a part-time congressman, so you're not even able to do your job.
0: All right. Well, that's what we have with that, and you're absolutely right. I, I don't think she survives re-election. I really don't. And it's kind of a shady situation because we have no idea how she would have been as a representative. She was stripped of her power almost immediately as soon as she got in. And she never did, like, I could see if she did one of the, some of what she, like, tweeted some of the stuff out that she was tweeting while she was in office, but she didn't. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, the people of Rome, Georgia kind of got screwed. screwed.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I got here. You want to catch us up with a little bit of live chat here? Um,
1: yeah. Just Let's do that. We're almost an hour in. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know. Of course, it's been so very quiet. so much.
1: There is so much. There's always so much because the world is the way that it is.
0: I think I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. I think a lot of this was they were trying to make it so nobody paid attention to the Chauvin thing. So they tried to jam as much other news as they could through this week. Right. All
1: right. I have to scroll all the way back to the beginning. Ron's here. Hi, Ron. Nailbender's here. Unsatiables here. Uh, he said, I would spend $1,400 on that lady. I don't know who he means.
2: Probably you. Meant...
1: Okay, well, I'll take it. Like, come on.
0: He's a ginger lover, so. Okay. Remember his I'll send you D-Live? my PayPal. You remember his DLive uh, handle? Was Redhead Lover, 1776? No, I
1: didn't remember that. But if you have a handle like that, it makes me question... Do you just love the founding fathers? Because like five of them were gingers. Um, he said he wants socialists and libertarians to have fights on pay-per-view. I think libertarians would win. Just saying.
2: <laughs> Probably.
1: Anarchy. <laughs> uh, he said Milo had the best electroshock therapy and became the king of the straight people. I wouldn't go that far. We'll talk about that next though. Uh, Nailbender's excited because he thinks Whitmer's on her way out. Saint said, good evening, bitches. Hello, Saint. Uh, Nailbender said a bit biased, but in relation to charities, can you pick one for cancer? I think you guys have done a charity for cancer before. We and have, so yeah. this time is specifically for suicide prevention. So mm-hmm. if you have any ideas for charities that specifically deal with suicide prevention, um, please leave a comment. We'll look into them and see just how legit they are. I have a friend who volunteers with one here locally, and I'm going to ask her which one that is because I can't remember the name of it. Thank you. Um, They basically man a hotline. That's what they do. So, and they're entirely run on volunteers. So that's cool. Uh, Seawall is here. He wrote into chat on his up armored half track. Okay. And then we talked about 4th of July. We all agreed that we don't need permission Hmm. slips. Seawall says, uh, Swalwell called her before her arrest so she could escape. I haven't heard that. I haven't either. (laughs) Nephilium says your poor teacher is going to be on a no-fly list forever. Probably. Oh, and then we did this, someone think of the children. (laughs) Decriminalization of all things falls right in line with take all the warning labels off everything and let let the problem sort itself out. Yes. That was nail bender. or Ron Helton says, orange man bad, numbskull Biden good. Yeah, that's basically what the media is going with at this point. All protests under glorious leader Biden are peaceful and uneventful. All praise the empty melon. <laughs> empty melon. That's good. I like that. <laughs> uh, Nailbender said appa- he's already been told it's basically a hate crime to reject me by a trans person that he did not want to date. I'm going to have to go with that's not okay. Ron thinks Sarah Silverman is about to shake crazy. I think wrong. lots of people think that she is bad shit crazy. Ron says commie words are the opposite of what they say. Progressive equals regressive. Matthew said Woodrow Wilson reintroduced segregation. Yes, he did i
0: agree with that
1: ron says will be will we be talking about the corbett report being one more strike away from being canceled on youtube
0: no i don't know anything about that
1: i don't know someone was encouraging my my fiery ginger super hatred thank you Uh, apparently a political system without parties is called a monarchy i don't know if i heard that I mean, it's true, but that's not what I'm talking about. Ron said, there's no need for multiple parties if the government was legitimate. The only way to be legit is for them to constrain their powers to the Constitution. Brandon asked, is the multi-party system observed in some parts of Europe something from their political systems you'd actually prefer to see here? Ed, what do you think?
0: I didn't miss that, I'm sorry. I was going through uh, articles.
1: Brandon asked, I'm assuming both of us, is the multi-party system observed in some parts of Europe something from their political system you would actually prefer to see here?
0: Oh, yeah, I would love ranked choice voting. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Same. Yes. Because then people will be forced to make coalitions with each other. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I would love to have another chance to pick somebody else other than just the the top names. Absolutely. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I asked everyone if they wanted to do a virtual birthday party for you. And Ron said, I thought we were looking for a wife first. <laughs> True. Nailbender says, bro, a party is doable, being that I cannot perform miracles. Oh, <laughs> be nice. <laughs> the, oh, Greg says, the third round specifically prohibits payments to anyone who died before January 1st, 2020. Funny that they added this. He's meaning the stimulus payments. Yeah, well. Should have been in the first one. Like, it should have been in all of them. Ron said, how does Ed feel about learning Spanish? Must be someone needing a green card. We are not sending Ed to the border to troll the cages, not cages for women. Not okay.
0: I mean, I do like Latin women.
1: Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) We know you like AOC, but that's not happening. I I forbid it.
0: I also had a Puerto Rican stalker for a little while too, so.
1: I don't know what it is with you and crazy people. Um Ron says Ed will be making the sandwiches and dinners, and that's apparently if you were to marry AOC. Bessie is a cow name. Bessie is a people name that has been repurposed for animal name. Mm-hmm. Uh Ben says I live in Maryland and it sucks. <laughs> yes he also says i'm late does that mean i am with child i hope not
0: speaking of which we have the announcement there and i got to say it on the morning show it is well.
2: not mine
0: no it's not <laughs> Before yours
2: anyone says anything it's uh, not
0: mine <laughs> i i mentioned it on the morning show because i was told i had the blessing to come out and mention it but uh, friend of the show harvey mcleod is now with little mcleod
1: yay <laughs> so congratulations bizarre. harvey
0: uh, She has not
1: been able to stop into our live chats as often anymore, but she used to be a regular, so we always love having her. And we have done special episodes with her. Uh, We did one about immigration with the three of us Mm -hmm. a few months ago, and that was a really good time. I really enjoyed hanging out with her. She's very smart.
0: She's filled in for you a couple times, too.
1: She has filled in for me a couple of times, so you guys might know her from that, too. Um, Let's finish out this list uh ben's oh brian says i'm actually surprised she could pronounce mussolini (laughs) i she probably had to look it up honestly ben said i had tacos with benito but i don't think his last name was mussolini (laughs) fair okay uh ron says permanent committees are a problem abolish them killer whale says wait until lrh gets insulting a congressperson gets another month of no stream nerfing (laughs) that was worded a little confusing (laughs) um brian says her job involves reading pretty sure she wasn't doing much of that either yeah i don't think so doubt it ron says permanent committees have parasitic lawyers writing more laws for them to infringe on our liberties just get rid of the clown congress enough laws that's something that i've had a problem with for a very long time there are there is bureaucratic staff attached to congress that they make a career of that they just write policy AKA legislation, it's not actually the Congress people writing it. It should be, but it's not. It's these other bureaucrats writing it. And then there's, they are also in the chamber as well. And every Congress person has someone like that on staff or they are like part of, I don't know if they're employed by like the house of representatives or if they are employed by the Congress people that work there. I'm not sure how that works exactly. Someone knows the answer. Let me know. But yeah, those types crawl all over D.C. and that's exactly what their job is. Their job is to make everything move as slowly as humanly possible. Because I certainly do not see any congressperson sitting down and writing a thousand page bill. Mm. Killer whale says, I'm a Georgia man. No one cares about Rome. Have you heard of chat? Chattuga? Neither have they. I haven't heard of Chattuga.
0: Neither have
1: I. You mean Chattanooga? That's in Tennessee.
0: There's one in Ohio, too.
1: Something like that. Uh, Greg says, did you see the article about Avon, North Carolina, falling into the ocean? Oh, failing into the ocean. The government wants to up the taxes by 50% to save the town. And of course the town wants the government to bail them out. Winky face. I don't know what that, is that a joke? It has to be a joke, right? No one's that. No idea. All right. We're going to have to look at that later. Not him says, I do enjoy that. We are being ruled by brain slugs. All right. Seawall's back in his up armored half track. I don't, where did you go? Stop leaving and then you don't have to come back. Oh, if Ed really wants a wife, ditch the Ford t shirt and get something that says my Porsche isn't compensating. Oh, Ben. All right, that's it pretty much.
0: All right, let's circle back here. We got to talk, we got to do a little bit of abbreviated stuff from this because there was so much in the lightning round, but we do have to talk about some of the stuff that's going on here. First, um, as most people know at this point, the stimulus has passed the House at this point. It passed the House once again for approval, and Joe Biden went back out and signed it. Now people are starting to get some of their money rolling in. Uh, looks like there was a bunch of pork in this bill, though. Uh, the Blaze reports that Democrats stuck $86 billion in no-strings-attached bailout into COVID relief bill to rescue union pension plans that were failing long before the pandemic that was just one of the things that I found in this. I talked about this with John last week when he uh, sat in for you. Um, mm-hmm. I actually brought this picture up and I saved it in the... Um... Oh, did mm-hmm. I delete that and I don't have it anymore? <gasps> I hope no. I didn't. Did I delete that off my desktop? If I delete that off my desktop, then I lost it. Uh oh! did delete that off my desktop. That's lame. Well, I, I showed the chart, though, from... Uh, the budget where people were trying to come up. It was basically CBO propaganda to try and tell you what the stimulus was. And they pointed out the fact that it was $424 billion to send out the $1,400 checks to everybody. And I looked at that, and I, I did a little bit of math with that. And I realized that to give a $1,400 check to every man, woman, and child in this country, all of them, assuming $330 million, which I think we're just a little bit south of that, but to everybody is only four hundred sixty-five billion. So that was one of the first markers that they're pushing money somewhere else in here that does it. Because I mean, if mm-hmm. you're only thirty, what is it, thirty-one thousand or thirty-one billion dollars more to give it to everybody than it is to give to everybody who's making under eighty grand, then they're they're fudging numbers somewhere else. They're yes. definitely losing some money off of this here, and one of them is this pension plan that uh, needed to be bailed out. So um, I don't know if you saw that one here, but I I want to know what all the other pork is that's in this,
1: and we keep- Yeah, going. I had somebody send me a graphic and and it was broken out into these really large chunks of what the money was supposed to be for mm-hmm. And at that level, it looks great. It looks like the majority goes to American families. And then there's also, you know, stuff built in there for healthcare, which, uh, you know, it's a pandemic, it's a healthcare crisis, supposedly. So that makes sense. And then there were some other things, uh, unemployment benefits increases and other stuff. And I was just like, okay, yeah, that all seems fine or at least seems logical. But I know that once like the, the further you break that down, the more you have to get into the nitty gritty before you really see where the pork is. And it doesn't look like a lot at first because you're just seeing it in, you know, 20 million here 50 million here 100 million here and you think well in a two trillion dollar bill that's such a small tiny sliver
3: uh-huh. like
1: oh that can't be that big a deal is it but when you go through and you add all of that up and you realize just how much of the bill is made up of those things that's like it's nickel and diming you but it's at yeah. a level that is so large that you still think of it as nickel and diming even though it's literally millions upon millions of dollars
0: uh-huh. yeah but just this seemed to be more of a porklet. Now, I didn't agree with any of the stimuli packages because I don't think the government needs to be doing that just to open up the economy at this point. If right. we were th- still thinking back in the mentality, and this actually played out the way that we thought it was going to back in February last year, I would say, "Okay, shut it all down and then stimulate the economy." But that's not what happened, and we're sitting here a year into this now with the idea that we're going to be maybe finally free by July. Just got to hold on a little bit longer here and.
1: Four I mean, more months. Yeah, the housing market's
0: going to crash in that point, too, now that there's yes. no there's no evictions, there's no uh, foreclosures, there's nothing like that, too. So a lot of this stuff is going to come due at some point.
1: For the first time, millennials might actually be able to afford to buy homes. And that's if we have not become poor because of the pandemic.
0: But, of course, millennials are also standing out here with their hands out right now. The other big part of this story that I wanted to make sure that we touched on today is the fact that, of course, millennials and some other people on um, the other generations as well, but for the most part, millennials are complaining about the fact that they haven't seen their money yet. The direct deposit is gone, but Wells Fargo Chase and some other big banks are saying that they can't get it processed until Wednesday.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas other smaller banks, like uh, what was the one that, was, uh, that they cited on this one?
1: In my experience, Chime. the smaller, smaller regional banks have always been quicker.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. There's a lot less overhead to go with that. Uh, Chime is coming out here, tweeting out saying, "Hey, hey, we already made all this available for people, so you know, come sign up for us." And they've been using it as an advertising uh, opportunity. But I go mean, them. We went with. We saw this with the last two. I don't know why they didn't
1: expect this. Yeah, I don't either. Especially with some of it being tied to unemployment benefits, like that's up to your state to to administrate that. So. I mean, I know someone on my Facebook page, not my Facebook page, my personal profile Mm -hmm. that I've been friends with um, for several months now. She just now got her approval for unemployment.
3: Yeah.
1: And she's been filing unemployment. I think she's already even gone back to work now, but she filed unemployment for like three months and or longer, I can't remember how long it was, but she filed unemployment for weeks upon weeks upon weeks and has just been waiting. And now it's literally 2021 and she's finally seeing it pending in her account. Well,
0: yeah, we saw a lot of that here as well because, and one of the things that got pointed out on one of the local uh, terrestrial radio shows was the fact that you know, a lot of that is tied to politics too in the way that they cover it here. Um, A lot of people who filed for unemployment were not able to get it because the system was so backlogged. When my mom was filing for unemployment, she just sat on hold forever and ever and ever. Until the mm-hmm. end of time to do this. And nobody said a word about it because it's Emperor Evers it's up in the uh, governor's mansion right now. And whereas you know that if it was still Scott Walker, this would be the crisis to end all fucking crises. Yep. So with that, people are still sitting here waiting to see if they're actually going to get their money or not. Which, I mean, they're all going to. I, I'm so surprised by the number of people who allow the government to have their banking information. That blows my mind, and it always has.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: there's no there's no way in hell the government's getting my banking information
1: yeah when i worked at the tax firm we always just told people you know have if you want to do direct deposit have one account that is just for taxes you don't put anything else in it you just deposit a check from another account that has the amount you need to pay your taxes let them take it out of that account Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: then like just keep 100 bucks in there or whatever to keep the account open but don't let them have access to your main checking account.
0: It's just like with the postal banking thing. Oh, well, we want to expand the the post office to have personal banking. Okay. They can't we've even seen- deliver mail.
1: Not Christmas men- cards took like six weeks.
0: Not to mention the fact that uh, we're sitting back here looking at this and seeing what's happening with the Social Security uh, Administration. Oh no, we'll we'll just borrow out of this bank here, and oh, we'll we'll pay it back. We promise. Don't worry about it. I want to get onto this uh, migrant thing here now. Um, at this point, we're looking at the fact that some of these border facilities that are totally not kids in cages are now sitting at 729 percent of what they're calling COVID level capacity. Eight times the amount of people that should be in there because of COVID right now. Now, some of the other things that have gone along with this is that the kids have made the 700 mile or whatever the hell it is track across Mexico to get up to these facilities to begin with. And now they're sitting here telling uh, various other outlets that, you know, they have to take turns sleeping on the floor because there's no room. There's no beds for them. There's no room for them. They haven't showered in days. They're in the facilities for five days at a time. And they get one shower in the five days that they're there after they've trekked across the desert for months and months and months to do this here. And my first question to you is how did, how did we get here?
1: We stopped treating immigrants like actual people. That's what happened. We are literally treating them like livestock. That's how we got here. We dehumanized immigrants to the point where it became acceptable for Obama to build those cages And then it became acceptable to fill them with children. And then it became acceptable to only allow them bare minimum cleanliness standards, food, care. I mean, everything. That's how that happened. We dehumanized other people to the point where all of that became acceptable. That's how we got here. It's very simple.
0: Well, I mean even then in the last 4 years we didn't see anything like these this capacity. We saw the we actually mm-hmm. we saw the people coming in, but not this this massive capacity that we're sitting here seeing like this. Well, and
1: that's because they were sitting on the other side of the border just waiting, mm-hmm. which was also not good either because they were just sitting there waiting and they were sitting in tents and they were exposed to the elements. I mean, I don't know I would imagine that there's a death toll associated with that from exposure and you know hypothermia and different you know other things that diseases that you can get when you live in squalid conditions like near thousands of other people i mean we see stuff like that in refugee camps like this that's basically what it is is a refugee camp on the other side of the border but it's it's not but i don't think people are providing services the way that they do in refugee camps So i think it's probably even worse
0: yeah, because, I mean, you could sit here and call what we have now a refugee camp on this side of the border. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although there have other people who have considered and likened it to concentration camps or various other ways of doing this and internment camps and all kinds of things. But the news media isn't talking about this. The news media has nothing bad to say about it. Well, some of them are actually starting to catch on. I know CBS was talking about the 729% of capacity, which, I mean, to me, I thought about that for a second and... It's usually COVID is 25% capacity adjustment, so they'll want to keep, uh, you know, a quarter of the people in a facility like this as they normally would. Which means that even still, they're well over capacity from what these facilities were designed to build and take.
1: Mm -hmm. Why do we have so many people coming here? we have so many people because we can't process them fast enough because our immigration system is so, is so difficult to navigate. Uh And then you throw in language barriers, then you throw in other things. And to be clear, we're talking about children. Yes. So these are children that really didn't have a choice. I mean, if the adult in their life says we're going on this trip, you know, whatever, they're probably like, okay, you know, like, What are they going to do if their parents leave or their family leaves they're not going to leave them behind why would they do that so we're talking about people who with children mostly that's at least who i'm talking about Mm -hmm. they didn't have a choice to come over here someone brought them here we have to have a fast quick easy way to process those kids and do it safely and cheaply it just has to it just has to become more efficient
0: it it really does but on the other end of it i mean we're also looking at the fact that you know biden's coming out and saying that well yeah it's open come on in come on in and i don't think just encouraging
1: more people to come before we process the people that are already there Mm -hmm. so to be clear if you are coming here to file for asylum you have a year after you arrive to do so That is the law. So that's what's legal to do. So you can be here for a year and file for asylum anytime in that year. That's how I understand it. Mm -hmm.
0: No, and I I understand the point of this as well, but I mean the thing that came with the Biden administration when he was going through and talking about coming up, and I understand that you and I have very, very different outlooks on immigration. We always have, we've known that from the time that we started working together, that you and Mm -hmm. I have very different views on um, immigration. But as far as that goes, I looked right at the fact when Biden started coming out and saying that he wanted to come out and legalize these people. No, he doesn't. Because if they're legalized, then they have rights. Then they can go back and complain about their employer. Biden is drawing in a new class of slave labor to go and work for his big business buddies at this point.
1: True. I don't don't disagree with that but if you if you take away that fear of deportation
3: mm-hmm.
1: and these kids can go to school and get an education yeah then they don't fall into that trap of oh they're just migrant labor they're actually educated they are they are skilled labor they they graduate from being field labor ag labor what because that is the majority of who employs illegal immigrants in this country is ag if you allow these kids to get an education to where they can work in tech, they can do other things with their lives. They can become nurses, whatever they want to do. Then they get out of that cycle. They get out of, they, they just, they, they get out of that cycle. And that is ultimately what everybody should want because then they become taxpayers and you know, they, from the government perspective, that's what they Mm -hmm. should want. They should want to make it easier for these people to pay taxes because they're the government. That's what they do. So It's in the government's best interest to legalize these people because then you get more tax revenue.
0: Right, but then their big business buddies have to
1: pay them. Exactly. A decent. So there's that. There's that rub too. Again, neither side really has an incentive to actually solve the problem for good.
0: All right. Um, Speaking of which, it's finally come to people's attention that this is happening. And people are starting to push against uh, everybody's favorite redhead on the Democrat side, Ms. Pisaki, about how this works and what this is coming from the administration. And uh, she kind of lost it on one of the people in one of her press conferences. Let's have a listen to what that sounded like.
4: you confirm
1: that number That's a very important number. Uh,
4: I, 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 we've been very clear uh, that there is an increase that there are more children coming across the border than we have facilities for at this point in time. Uh, those numbers are tracked by the Department of Homeland Security so I'm certainly I'm just suggesting that you talk to them about but specifics. We to them Jen. they won't confirm the numbers. Well, I would encourage you to go back to them and ask them again. We're not going to confirm them from the White House. It's not our program. It's the Department of Homeland Security. Is the
1: White House encouraging the department to release those numbers? And in the spirit of transparency that the Secretary promised here at this point. We
4: we certainly encourage transparency. But what I also think is important is to talk about what the root causes are here and what we're doing from a policy standpoint to try to address the challenges uh, that we're facing and that these kids are facing as they come across the border. And on why
1: won't you...
0: So basically, it's kick the can down the road and go ask DHS if you want an answer on how this is working and why this is failing. And let, under
1: let our- DHS give you the runaround instead of me.
0: <laughs> Which yeah. isn't that kind of her job, to give the runaround?
1: Yeah, that, that is her job.
0: So, oops, that's not what I wanted to do. Wrong scene. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so that's where they're going with this. That's what they're seeing from this. And... I mean, nobody seems to know what's going on, which seems to be the standard for the Biden administration off the top of this. But I do find it funny the fact that Biden came up and tried to, in the debates, come out and say, oh, come on, you're putting kids in cages and look how evil that is. And, you know, here we sit. kids. His, in cages. Former,
1: his former boss built them,
0: one. Who built the two, cages, Joe?
1: Two, if you don't have enough facilities... You don't have enough facilities. You can't put them up overnight. Like, that's just...
0: Uh Uh-oh, did I lose you? Or did I lose me?
1: That works. There's...
0: I think we're having a little bit of issue here, uh, connectivity-wise. Stand by while we figure that out. That might be on... No, it's not on my side, because we're still connected and going. All right, we will figure that out as we go here. Um, yeah, so that's where that's where immigration is sitting here. I'm going to catch up with a little bit of live chat while we figure out what's going on with that and see if we can't get her back because that is dead frozen up. Your microphone's off, but you're back. I was muted. Hmm. Well, you also froze up for a second. Like, dead froze up, and then you moved, and then your microphone was muted. All right, so, I mean, that's that's what I see off immigration here. we got to keep going because we are up against the clock at this point. Um, I want to talk a bit about the Chauvin thing because uh, jury selection started for the Chauvin trial. Now, as of Friday when I last looked at this story, they were only six jurors in, and they had interviewed some 40 people, and most of them were getting denied for this because I can't, I can't see how you seat a jury on a case like this that's been plastered all over the news since the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, But what have you been seeing on this so far while I get some uh, some articles up here?
1: I mean, can he have a fair trial in Minneapolis? I don't think so.
0: You don't you don't think so? Well, they're they're trying to come out with an impartial jury, and, I mean, it looks like from everything that I've been reading with this, they accept the fact that there is not going to be impartiality, and somebody in the chat, when I was talking about this on Contemporary, pointed out the fact that, how can you be an adult in this country and not know what, or at least what they the media wants you to believe about this story? I don't think you can.
1: I don't know. I just don't think you're going to be able to find an impartial jury because there's no one that hasn't heard about it. There's no one that hasn't formed an opinion about it. I, I just don't know if that's possible.
0: So with that being said, before we get into some of the details of what's been going on with this, what, what do you think a possible solution would be to a point? I don't where know. This has been publicized. I don't, like this? I don't know
1: because I don't know what the options are in that case. Do you move it to another state you can't really do that because then you're not trying him in the jurisdiction that he should be tried in mm-hmm. so that's not really an option um i i just don't i don't know legally what the options are like if you cannot find an impartial jury what do you do i i don't know that well one of the things that
0: came along with this that uh was continually said and you know i was actually reading some of the live updates not live, of course, but after the fact, on what they were finding, and some of the people that were coming out here were actually coming out on the jury box and saying, "Well, I want to go out and see justice for George Floyd, and all cops are bastards." I mean, these people were not being quiet about their biases, which is probably why we're through 40 people and still don't have a jury impaneled yet. And I don't, I don't know what the solution is for something like that. How do you, how do you do something like this? I. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know go. either. And one of the other articles that I had, I don't up, know that I don't up, know
1: that there are any good options for it. Which means that there is a given that our media works the way that it does. Everything is on a cycle. Everything is accessible to pretty much everyone with an internet connection. Mm-hmm. That I think creates a new problem for the criminal justice system in that if you can't have an impartial trial. What's plan B? Mm -hmm. Because we're guaranteed as citizens to an impartial trial, to an impartial jury of our peers. If that cannot be provided, then what?
0: I don't know what, I don't, I have no idea what goes on with this, but uh, something definitely that we need to watch for as we go with this. I know that one of the other articles that I read for this, um, I mean, some of these people are doing this in fear right now that they've been promised that if the, uh, if the verdict comes out the way that Minneapolis doesn't like, then they're in fear of their lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Which is the other aspect of this.
1: I'd be sitting on that jury.
0: No, I mean, I would uh, probably come out and say, you know, if they started interviewing me, looks like we've got some uh, sketchy connection going on here again. But yeah, if I was sitting on the jury and they started to interview me at this point, I would probably go right out there and say, B.O.M. with my fist in the air because I would be dismissed instantly and I do not want to sit on that jury. Absolutely. Alright, we will see what happens when when we get this back here. Um, One of the other things that uh, came up from this is the third degree murder charge has been reinstated at this point. So just to read briefly, let me grab this here. Oh, didn't I keep that one? I didn't keep that one. So um, I did talk about this on Contemporary, that yes, they are going on and they're adding... Oh, you're muted and back.
1: I am muted and back. All right. I am unmuted and back.
0: So the other thing, that the other big development of the story is the fact that uh, they have reintroduced third-degree murder. Uh, back in the trial, which I actually had to go up and look and see what third degree murder wound up being. And it does, um, seems to be a reckless, um, a reckless homicide and with intent, but not, uh, not premeditated. Reckless actions leading okay. to intended murder. So I looked at the second degree murder charge, the third degree murder charge, and the Man 2 charge. And I could see Man 2 maybe sticking, but even then, that would be a hard one off of that. That'd be a hard road to go on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any thoughts on the charges at all?
1: I know a lot of people were really upset that he didn't get charged with murder one right off the bat, but the prosecutor's job is to charge what they think that they can get a verdict on. Yeah. So they're not gonna charge him with something that they don't think they're going to be able to prove. So if they, if they only think that they can prove man three, then that's what they're going to go with. And it's going to upset a lot of people, but it's going to upset a lot of people who don't understand the different definitions of those crimes.
0: Well, and just looking at uh, the crimes, too, it's, he was overcharged from the start to get to murder two. I can tell you that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Now, to get to murder one, it would have to be he gets up in the morning, puts on his uniform and says, oh, that fucking George Floyd. I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to go kill right. him. That's I'm gonna go mm-hmm. and do that. That's it's That's premeditated. What one is.
1: Right. And you don't have that here. It's not premeditated. He did not seek George Floyd out or anything like that. So that is not on the table.
0: And even Murder Two is he's gotta go into it. It's a little bit more sudden than Murder One, but he's still gotta go into it with the direct intent to kill George Floyd directly. And mm-hmm. I don't think we had that either. Murder three is even You know, it's spur of the moment, heat of the moment, but still intent to kill. And I don't see that either. Mantu, reckless endangerment. That leads leads to death. That I can see maybe, but even that one's going to be a hard point because of what the autopsy has shown.
1: Yeah, which means he might get off with nothing and then the city's going to literally explode.
0: Well, I know that a lot of people have talked about uh, in the chat uh, hung jury i talked about it on contemporary because there are the people that look at this and say well i don't want my house to burn down so i have to vote guilty for this and mm-hmm. there are also going to be people out there that look at this and say i can't vote guilty for this there's not enough evidence there and i'm sure there might even be some people that said we back the blue we're not voting guilty on this
1: right
0: i don't see this coming out in any way other than a hung jury
1: we'll see again they have to find the impartial jury first
0: All Right. um In addition to all this here, there were some other pieces of news here. First off, an autonomous zone has cropped up in Minneapolis um, in the memorial area. So no police are allowed in this autonomous zone in the middle of Minneapolis. Uh, It's all blocked off and filled with graffiti, just like uh, everything else. Flags up, no word on what they're going to do with uh, agriculture at this point. And once again... Not very much covered in the mainstream news. I had to go to a local Minneapolis source to find out the fact that this is even happening. So what do you think of that?
1: I mean, it's only going to be temporary. We know that. And I don't know. What what purpose does it serve?
0: Well, they say they're going to hold the autonomous zone until the other three cops... Uh, their trial, which means that they're going to try and hold this up until August, and I don't think they've got the resources to do it.
1: Probably not. The one in Portland only lasted, what, six weeks, if that? The one in Portland
0: lasted like four days. The one in Seattle lasted six weeks.
1: Okay, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the one in Seattle lasted like six weeks, and you know they had no food. There were people getting raped on the street. Everyone had guns. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. And I'm, they had a warlord. They had a warlord. <laughs> and furthermore, I mean, if this continues to go on and it starts to get violent or starts to spread, I don't think Kamala Harris is going to be shy about coming in and say, okay, we're going to send the National Guard and we're, we're not doing this shit again.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And Tim Walls is going to accept it because it's not the evil orange man that's offering. We do have to remember the fact that the political tables have turned off of this. Yep. But with this, I also wanted to bring up, and this is, uh, I think this is one of the big ones to go along with this. Let me grab my article for this. I thought I grabbed it, but I didn't. Um, the wrongful death settlement that popped up. I saw this just today. So the Floyd family has agreed to get a $27 million settlement against the uh, amidst the trial, rather. Uh, Reading here from the AP, and this is a little bit interesting to me, just kind of with some of the the politics that go along with this and some of the people that are involved. So I wanted to spend just a touch of time on this. Uh, The city of Minneapolis on Friday agreed to pay $27 million to settle a civil lawsuit from the George Floyd family over the black man's death in police custody as jury selection continued in a former officer's murder trial. Uh, Council members met privately, rather, to discuss the settlement, then returned to public session for a unanimous vote in support of a massive payout. It easily surpassed the $20 million the city approved two years ago to the family of a white woman killed by a police officer. And, this is the important part, this is where I said people involved, Floyd family attorney Ben Crump called it the largest pretrial settlement ever for a civil rights claim and thank the city leaders for showing that you care about George Floyd because it couldn't be anybody other than Ben Crump. I
1: don't know who Ben Crump is.
0: He's been involved in a lot of these these racial motivated ones. He was involved with the uh, Jacob. He is a, He's a civil rights lawyer, and he just goes around from state to state and finds these civil rights cases. Okay. I... I not going to say that he's involved with some of the rioting, but given the fact that he's everywhere where the riots go.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Tells me that. Seems
1: he, seems a little sus.
0: He seems like. What's the equivalent of an ambulance chaser, but somebody who chases riots? Gotcha. And I do have to wonder now, because of that, how much money he made off of this. Uh, Crump says it's going to be a long journey. I am offline, because I've got uh, Wheel of Death going.
1: Oh, damn. All right.
0: I've got, well, okay, Trobo just came back. So let's see if you, oh, it looks like YouTube came back, too. Apparently, we hit a little bit of a bubble somewhere in the internet connectivity, because, yeah, we, I got Wheel of Death over on uh, YouTube side, and we just lost a bunch of viewers.
1: There we go. Okay. I think we're back on YouTube.
0: All right. We are back. Apologize for all of that. Um, but yeah, going back and looking at, uh, Crump and the fact that, um, well, the sister came out and said, well, I would give all this back. Everybody in the chat this morning was saying press X to doubt for that one. That's what I was saying. I think before everything died off of this. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about these, these city payouts and the wrongful debt thing, because that's not coming from the city either. That's coming right from the taxpayers. Taxpayers. Mm -hmm. What, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's coming from taxpayers, so it sucks. Um, I just don't, I don't know if cities are the ones that should be paying these out, especially when the fault is found to be of a specific person or a department or something like that. Like I feel, I feel like it should come out of somewhere else. I'm not posing the fact that people get these settlements, because I do think that they are warranted in some cases. Um, But yeah, I just don't know that that's the best way to do it, because it does put the taxpayers on the hook, instead of, you know, the people that are setting the policies that lead to some of these things happening.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm not sure what the right answer is on that either. So Um, this is definitely going to be a developing story. It's something that we're going to continue to pay attention to as we go through and as this goes. I feel like this is going to be watched more than the the OJ trial was. And I don't think the mainstream media can hide it.
1: No, they can't. They absolutely cannot.
0: I think they're going to try, and I don't think they can hide it.
1: Or they'll just use it as a distraction from something terrible that Biden is doing that they don't want anyone to know about. It will it will become convenient for them to cover it when they're trying to ignore something else that might be worse.
0: That's probably true. All right. Um, we got to keep going because we are up on the clock here. But I got to ask you, do you want to do the Milo thing first or do you want to do the Meghan Markle one first? Which you might either have one. to lead on the Meghan Markle one because you probably paid more attention to this than I did.
1: I didn't even watch the interview.
0: But... I haven't watched the interview either, but, I mean, we've all seen the news everywhere. Um, Tell me what you know about the Meghan Markle interview. And then I got a couple articles. I just watched,
1: I watched some of the clips, some of the overviews and I, so I'm a bit of an Anglophile. I love British history, English history, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've watched the crown. I've watched all of it. I've watched it twice through fully through Mm -hmm. because the first time I was watching it for more like entertainment but because it's one of those shows that's like based on actual events, a lot of times I would find myself like buried in my phone on Wikipedia, like looking up what happened with a person or a, or an event that's covered in one of the episodes. So I, I ended up watching most of the episodes at least twice, um, just so I could enjoy them for what they were, but also so that I could research while the episode was going on. She's not saying anything, honestly, that's, that out of character for the royal family like this is just how they are. Yeah. And I do think she knew some of that going into it, but I don't think obviously there's a lot that they keep behind closed doors. They're very like they're extremely private. Um so I do think that there were probably things that she did not expect from them. Um yeah. So I don't know
0: I know a lot of the people were most upset about this, where a millionaire actress was sitting here talking to a billionaire about oppression. that seemed to be the irony of everything that everybody was on Twitter anyway was able to find in this immediately.
1: I saw more comments about how, oh, how can someone be oh how can someone like her who's married to a literal prince be depressed? Well, that's really naive because, yeah we should be, we should have evolved past that now. Like we know that depression shows itself in many forms and that it is not just, oh, I'm sad about my life. It's, there's a chemical imbalance in your brain and certain stressors make that worse. And she's probably always, she's probably battled that for a long time. And maybe that environment did make it worse. Um, I don't think she's ever had to live in the kind of structure that that family imposes on you. Now, Harry was raised in it. Mm -hmm. So that's a totally different experience for him because he's just like, yeah, this is how it's always been. Like, why is this a problem? It probably. And so I do think that there was a little bit of her showing him like, Hey, um, this is not wrong, but there are different ways to live you know, you don't have to be this way. And I think him having his mother, the experience that she went through also in his memory um, as a child Mm -hmm. was probably played a big part into that. Like, oh my God, you know, like he's seeing similarities between what Megan's going through and then what his mother went through and maybe understanding his mother through a new lens because he's watching Megan go through it in real time And he's seeing it from the perspective of what Charles would have seen it from when he was married to Diana and Harry realizing perhaps just how badly his father failed Uh to care for his mother, to take her, you know, thoughts and feelings into account, to take her mental illness into account when dealing with her. and how it ultimately contributed to the breakdown of their marriage and other things. And he probably was like, I don't want any of that. Like we have to fix this. Um, I think they seem pretty happy together. I think he seems very supportive of her. I don't see anything wrong with her talking about her experience and her talking about having depression. I just don't.
0: Yeah.
1: And a lot of people seem to have a problem with that. They were just like, Oh, she just needs to shut up and go away. What if everyone that you thought didn't, that to me, I had some very strong words for some people about that. Because I said something similar after the RNC convention when Rand Paul made his comments and then was surrounded by a mob outside and he had a very bad reaction to it. He was very upset and people were just like, oh boo hoo, suck it up. And it's like, no, like this man's been a victim of not one violent attack, but multiple violent attacks. If you think that that's not affecting his mental health and not affecting how he is reacting to that situation, you're stupid. And same thing with Megan. You're you're basically showing your friends that, ha- that struggle with mental illness that it's only legitimate if you think it's legitimate. Like you're only gonna support them if you believe that it's actually legitimate. So if they have a nice house and they seem like they have their life together and then they are like, hey, I am actually very depressed. And you're just like, Pfft. How could you be depressed? They're never going to talk about it again
0: Well, yeah, with I, you. I, I do They're never going to feel
1: comfortable with that.
0: I understand that too. I mean, take a guess why well, I'm picking a suicide prevention charity.
1: I've mm-hmm. dealt with this. Right. Yeah, we've all dealt with this in our lives. I've dealt with this too with friends and with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I struggle with my mental health and lots of other people do. And the more you talk about it, the more you normalize it, the more you help other people understand what it is to have that. And that it's not just, oh, only poor people can be depressed because they're the only ones who actually have reasons to be depressed. That's not a valid point of view, like at all, because of how we know depression works. So that's my two cents on Meghan Markle. Whether or not her intentions are pure, that's a totally different conversation.
0: Um, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the fallout that came from this because there was a little bit that came with that. Um, one of those coming from The Blaze, a report, and I actually saw the original report from the, uh, I believe it was The Sun out of the UK, is that Marco is positioning herself to run for president in
1: 2024. I think that's just a rumor. I don't think she's actually, I don't think she has actually said that. No, um, both
0: this article and The Sun cited sources Um, one of the things to look at is the fact that Markle knows that Biden is probably not going to make it through the end of his term. And Kamala Harris is massively unpopular.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that Meghan Markle has the connections within the democratic party to even put herself in that position. They want a party insider and she's not one at all.
0: But that was, uh, that was one of the things that came off of this. And I almost Thinking that that's part of the reason that she didn't renounce her U.S. citizenship and she draw Harry back to the U.S. If any of this is true, and like I say, this is all basically just rumors. From do you even sources. call it? A, do you call it a news publication in the U.K.? I thought The Sun was a tabloid piece.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, I think they are. So I don't know that you could even call that news. I think it's just rumors.
0: But the bigger one that I wanted to bring off to this is that, uh, I mean, we all saw the slew of memes that came out of the Markle interview, and there were many.
1: (laughs) Some of them were very good. Some
0: of them were very good. Many of them were very good. But uh, according to the New York Post, an organization is saying that sharing the Oprah interview memes is digital blackface. What? Uh, This is from Elizabeth... As a over at the New York Post, non-black people should not spread the Oprah Winfrey memes from the Prince Harry and Meghan Markle interview because that's supporting digital blackface, a nonprofit organization, is complaining. Uh, the Slow Factory Foundation, which is dedicated to social and environmental justice, issued the warning on its Instagram page Tuesday, saying digital blackface is an online phenomenon where white people and non-black people share images of black people to express emotion.
1: What? No, blackface is meant to be negative. Like, it's meant to show black people in a very disparaging way. I don't think people using memes and GIFs of black people to express emotion is meant negatively.
0: Well, apparently the Slow Factory Foundation does. But, I mean, what do you do at this point? Because you've got the Streisand effect. Who even
1: are these people? Like, what? No. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Look look at the Streisand effect, and I'm guessing with this article, which I may share far and wide here, we're going to get more memes. I've already put probably. I've probably put Midget B up to the uh, up to the challenge of filling the meme competition with Oprah memes, <laughs> which could actually turn out means. very dangerously if you've ever been in that meme competition tab over on the Discord server.
1: I don't know that I have.
0: Yeah, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, there's that, and then there was this other piece here. Speaking of people in the news who we famous at one point in doing something good. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, who I will admit that I know almost nothing about, says he is ex-gay and wants to rehabilitate
1: conversion therapy. Oh my lord, this man.
0: Also reading from the New York Post, right-wing provocateur Milo Yiannopoulos has come out as ex-gay, announcing that he would like to rehabilitate what the media calls conversion therapy over the next decade, according to the report the 36-year-old British political commentator whose speeches and writings often include I'm sorry, often ridicule political correctness, social justice and feminism declared himself no longer gay and sodomy free he told Lifesite in an interview Yiannopoulos, who once said that sex between 13-year-olds and older men can be life affirming told the outlet that he is now leading the daily consecration online to Saint Joseph
1: what I, used to I think he just wants social. I think he just wants Twitter to let him back on. So he's <laughs> going to be like, if I become part of the left, they have to let me back on. I really think that that's the play here. I think it's get back into the good graces of big tech so they let him have a platform again, and then he'll go right back on his bullshit.
0: I don't know what this, why being ex gay would bring him back on the left, though. You would think you'd want to come out as gay to be on the left. He's coming out as straight.
1: Well, that's true. And he's, I don't know.
0: So, according and reading a little bit further into this article, according to this, he is sodomy free. His husband, who he is married to, a man, is now been downgraded to roommate status. He's not sleeping with his husband anymore. He's Yikes. praying the gay away, and he's open <laughs> I to how conversion husband feels about this.
1: His husband better write a tell-all book, man. Well, That'd be interesting.
0: I know, actually, I'll tell you off mic here a little bit more of the details, but I know a woman-woman couple that's actually gone through almost identical thing. So I know it actually happens, but even still, this is Milo, so I don't know if he's being serious about this.
1: I doubt it. He's he's not serious about anything. Yeah. He's not serious about anything except how much money it's going to make him.
0: (laughs) But maybe we will see. I've, I've got suspicions about this, but... The fact that he's coming out and saying he's praying the gay away. Open up the ElectroShock. That's probably gonna get us knocked off YouTube at this point. That's those are probably the buzzwords. Ah. Uh, so do you do you have anything else to go along with this before I got Mike, one more here of surprise? Mike Pence clicked you. like. <laughs> What's that?
1: Mike Pence clicked like.
0: <laughs> oh look, we actually did get another like over there too. Maybe it was Mike Pence. Yeah, I'm sure you know all about Mike Pence down there, down there where you are,
3: mm-hmm. in the
0: land of Pence and electroshock. Has anybody ever confirmed that he actually was into electroshock therapy? No, he wasn't. Because that's, that's been a thing since he first got onto the vice presidential stage, and yeah. I've heard a lot of rumors, I've never seen a confirmation of it.
1: Mm, no, he wasn't actually.
0: Um, asked how he decided to become sodomy-free, Yiannopoulos said, Four years ago, I gave an interview to an American magazine, which they declined to print. It's taken me a long time to live up to the claims. I made that interview, and I'm finally doing it. Do you think he'll... No, because he didn't end on a, a year that ended in three. I was going to say, like, do you think we're going to hear sodomy-free since 2023 or something like that? Ooh. <laughs> All right. I've got one more here. We're going to have to cut down the rest of the show because we're up on the clock. But I've got one more. A little bit of surprise stupidity for you because, you know, they're not, trying, love
1: stupid people.
0: They're, they're not even trying to hide the ball anymore. So the last thing that I've got from you, or for you rather, uh, comes to us from Fox 11 out of Los Angeles. Uh, private UTLA Facebook group warns teachers not to post vacation pics amid unions push for safe return to class.
1: Yeah, wow, wow, okay.
0: A screenshot obtained by Fox 11 shows UTLA teachers being warned not to share spring break vacation photos to social media as the union continues to push for a safe return to in-person classes because I'm pretty sure it will be devastating to their argument that they can't come into class because it's not safe while they're taking body shots off a male model in fucking Cabo. The screenshot appears to be from a uh, private Facebook group titled UTLA Facebook Group Members Only. It has about 5,700 members in one of the posts from the private group. The teachers from the union are being asked not to share vacation photos or show that they're traveling outside the country. The post obtained by Fox 11's Bill Melugan reads, friendly reminder, if you're planning any trips for spring break, please keep that off social media. It is hard to argue that it's unsafe for in-person instruction if parents and the public see vacation photos and international travel.
1: Huh? Wow. Uh, Somebody's going to do it anyway. Someone's going to do it anyway. And it's going to be one of the teachers that's not Union.
0: That's California. There are no teachers that are non Union. Oh, yeah. It's Los Angeles.
1: Oh, yeah. It'll get out eventually. They'll put it on, like, their Snapchat or something and somebody will find it.
0: Or screenshot it hmm Yep. But yeah, I mean, I've I've talked about this before on numerous different occasions. Um various people, various girls that I follow from my time while I was tindering before, who are from Madison, who are You ultra- still
1: follow them? That's creepy. Stop it.
0: I never delete <sighs> anybody unless they piss me off. So But I mean I see these vacation photos all the time. These ultra progressive people, especially since some of them are from Madison. These ultra progressive people who are Doing these big South Carolina trips, these big Mexico trips, these big Florida trips, no masks in sight, that are mm-hmm. coming back to Madison and saying, well, I can't go to work because I can't go into the building because I might get COVID. And then we're seeing something like this, too, coming off like that. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what's your take on this?
1: I mean, it's obviously surprise stupidity, so you know <laughs> what I'm going to say. <laughs> One, I can't believe they had to be told to behave. <laughs> Two, somebody's gonna fuck up anyway.
0: That's that's all that I have. Why don't you uh, catch us up with a little bit of live chat here and I? Uh...
1: I've gotten kicked off so many times. I don't even know how much of the live chat I have.
0: Oh yeah, because when you lose internet, it sometimes will kick you back out of here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, then I need to go back and find where you left off.
1: I have uh, the top of mine is Ben saying audios back up and Seawall <laughs> saying nail wake up the carrier pigeons.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. We've got a long ways to go back off of this. Um, oh, that's wow. We've got a long way to go back here. Oh, we're going to be reading for a little while. Cause as, as active as they were at the top of the show, they were uh, even more active at the, and I just, somebody put a message in the bottom and that kicked me back to the bottom. Oh, sorry.
1: (laughs) That was me. (laughs) All
0: right. There is where we were talking about finding my wife, AOC. So that's probably where we're going to start off from. Uh, Wyatt, the breakdown with Birkenhoff is here. Um, Yamafago showed up. So these guys are here. Ron Helton making fun of the fact that we said circle back. Greg Murray says it's a resort community and there's a lot of money, but no one wants to spend it fixing the problems that have been happening for years. Where did we start with on... I don't even know what we started with after the break.
1: That was the one where I said, what is the North, Car- the North Carolina thing where they wanted to raise taxes? fifty oh, percent?" Right. that That was his follow-up comment to that.
0: Okay. Um, Unsatiable says, get that printed inflated cash to go buy some burgers and Big Gulps. Well, make sure you go buy the Big gulp in New York because they don't like those there.
1: No, you have to pay more taxes for them. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's see. 2,000 House staffers make six figures. Politico spokesman daily for Pelosi makes $172,000 a month. Shaking my damn head from Ron Helton.
1: A month? He also... A year? I think it's I'm a sorry, year. it
0: is a year. I'm sorry.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, then he calls them parasites, which is probably true. Unsatiable says, fudge the numbers, don't worry about it. Anna Bordelon says, I would be pissed that Dems stopped the elected rep from being on a committee when AOC, Tlaib, Presley, Omar are on committees. That's a very good point. Unsatiable is agreeing with that. I agree with that. I I want when I get sounders and a sounder board, I want to put that one on there, so I can just push a button.
1: Yeah, uh, we need more sound effects.
0: Let's see. Ben Wilde says, "I think one point nine billion for Ben Wild's study of great American wildlife developing immunity to bullets and how they taste with various rubs and barbecue sauce is a fine use of money." I support that actually. And I would like to do the research with you, if I could. (laughs) Um, Ron says, Ben, as much sense as the other spending proposals, can I be one of the tasters? And then Ben says, let's say man cannot live on waffles alone. Nailbender says, housing is about to take a huge hit. Property values here in Michigan are already dropping. Four bed, three bath, 13 acres, and two barns, $150,000. Heck yeah, let's go. Looking forward to that and looking forward to having my real estate license. No, Michigan's
1: too cold. I can't do that. The South made my blood thin.
0: Uh, Greg says, I've been fighting since December of 2020. Chicken and biscuits from Ben. Apparently, Ron doesn't go to the bank.
1: Why am I not surprised?
0: And then he says, the IRS will find your account anyway. Not giving them your info just makes them have to work a little. But I agree. Stop giving the government information. Uh, Nailbender says, USPS lost a friend of mine's mortgage check. She mailed it in February. F. F in the chat. Seawall um, says, I have no sympathy for them. They voted for their corrupt governments that fucked them over, talking about the migrants. Yeah, Seawall is a, an immigration hardliner. He makes me look easy on immigration. And he actually was on the freckles and Brit show to have that discussion with that. Uh, Yama, Fago John agreed with me. He says, I've been saying this for a few years. They're greeting a surf class talking about the way that they're, the Democrats are handling my, uh, migration, immigration.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Ben Wild says, I'm all for more Norwegian supermodels immigrating to Maryland, specifically Hartford County. Dude, don't dox yourself. I shouldn't have read that actually. Bad. You um. Can edit that, right unsatiable says just make the kids in work cages work for amazon for a couple years to earn their citizenship
1: uh no definitely
0: not it seems to be what the biden plan is though unfortunately <clears throat> brian Neese says holiday and express now sponsored by dhs unsatiable being know. spicy too let's say <laughs> let's these kids in cages wrestle on smackdown on pay-per-view a cage match
1: He's just way too excited about pay per view cage matches between socialists <laughs> and libertarians and immigrants.
0: Brian Neese says, You think Canada will lend us a jury? I don't think that's how that works, unfortunately.
1: Um, nope. <laughs> I missed that one.
0: Sewell says, If you can't get an impartial trial, charges dropped with double jeopardy, in fact. Which, yeah, that, that would mean he would walk. Hello, Shaking mm-hmm. Preacher says George Floyd was a scumbag. That's probably true. And the big part of this is how did he die? Because I still don't believe that he did from the knee to the neck. Um, Unsatiable, I'm not going to read that because that will get me thrown off YouTube.
1: Tell me off air. I want to know what it was.
0: I will. Remind me. Okay. Um,. Seawall says, I would say Floyd earned his death due to his stupidity, lifestyle, and the chemical cocktail in his system. And I'm pretty sure that's what the jury's going to find, because that's what the ME had found too, so. Yeah, there are a lot of people that don't like George Floyd in the chat. Welcome in Team Xbox 2, by the way. That's a new name in here, so thank you. Spartan says, please don't hang the jury. No violence. Unsatiable says, we now need a rapper warlord to go in and take control.
1: <laughs> a rapper warlord.
0: Spartan okay. says, fentanyl did nothing wrong. Let's see. Uh, there's where the str- uh, stream died. F in the chat for the stream for temporary yeah. measures. Uh, Audio is back up. Nailbender, wake the carrier birds. Uh, Brian Neese says, Azure has been a shit show this afternoon. I'm not sure what he's talking about. You know what YouTube likes? Donkey scrotum. Um, Do we make police departments take out insurance like we make doctors take out malpractice? Uh, looks like you answered that in there. That's an option. Um, I understand that, too. Um, the other thing was, you know, going out and can we make the politicians pay for this? But the politicians don't pay for that. They make the little people pay for that and they pass it on in taxes, just like business and the minimum wage. They pass it on and cost a living. Apparently the Queen of England has a huge secret wealth that she pays zero taxes on and some public wealth she pays taxes on for show. Mm. Don't all the taxes go to the royal family? I thought, I don't, I don't know how that works. Uh, ben Wilde says, I'm going to have severe depression soon because I have Michigan and Illinois in the finals. It is March, and this is madness.
1: Yes, and I live in Indiana, so here we go.
0: <laughs> um, Not him says, he's trolling. There's no other way I can think of this. Published by Mike Pence. Not him. That's another new name in here, so welcome on in. Thanks for uh, coming and checking out the show. Hope all you guys, all these new names that I see in here are subscribing, because, well, I hope I put on enough show for that. (laughs) Ben Wild says sodomy-free means he just isn't paying for it, and it's probably a penny. Pony. pony, I'm sorry. (laughs) My bad. I liked it. Uh, Brian Neese says Ted Cruz syndrome. I'm not sure what the, that is. Edward Rizzone. Teacher's traveling. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Edward Rizone says for the brand. Not him says carrier pigeons fast uh, travel. Carrier pigeons faster than LRH's
1: internet. True. <laughs> I clearly need an ethernet cable.
0: Oh, uh, Oh, you don't have one of those? Yeah, no. you definitely need one of those. I had to make that upgrade Uh, because when I had Brian Nichols on when I was still Ed's world... The internet decided it didn't like uh, doing live uh, live stream off the Wi-Fi anymore. And it just
3: boom,
0: crash. Right. All right. And not him is going to get last word and says, Azure is Microsoft Cloud. It's been terrible this whole year. And that is going to be it for the day. So let's throw some music up and head on out of here. There's that. And... Let's go. So, I want to thank everybody who came by, chatted with us, hung out with us through the night here, and checked out all of our stuff, and put all the comments and everything else up in the live chat here. If you liked what you saw, make sure, especially all the new names I see in here, hit that uh, subscribe button, throw a like in there, and uh, make sure that you know what uh, you appreciate here. I will be back here tomorrow morning for another rousing round of Contemporary, 7.45am Central Time. You guys can come and hang out with me in the live chat for there as well and we'll cover the news that happened throughout the day here. Or you can come and check us back out next week for more of the Red Net Show. Um, Elaine, what is the status on Rogue History?
1: Uh, I don't know yet.
0: <laughs> Alright, so we'll be able to go and catch up with that as we go. Watch Twitter for all of that there. And if you want to follow me over on Twitter and continue the conversation, you can find the Discord and the Gilded servers in the description below. You can go join uh, those up and hang out with us over there. You can find me on Twitter. That is at Blog Twitter with a one in place to the eye. Um, most of my other social media platforms are the same name, so go and check that out. You can find my wonderful co-host, Ceciline over on Twitter at LibertarianRed1. Go and check that out as well. Other links for our stuff is in the description below, so go and check us out. And lastly, if you're just catching up now, you can catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on bitshoot.com. Both of those links are also in the description. Or you can take us on the go on the audio platforms. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, yeah i am spotify so yeah go and check us out over there as well i thought i grabbed the wrong one for a second um go and check us out on all those platforms if you're on itunes leave us that five-star rating and review. that helps us move up the charts helps us overcome apple's algorithms and lastly go over and check out FreedomScoop.com. pardon our dust we are still under construction but on the april 17th charity stream we will be premiering the new website full of bios photos new articles A lot of creators there, so be sure to be there for the new premiere as well. Go and check that out. And lastly, never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. Eileen, lean them out.
1: Have a good week, guys. Make good choices, and we will see you next Monday.
0: Take care.